Hi, welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. <laughs> as always, I'm your co-host Jeremy, and with me, as always, is the learning about horror movies now that we're in the real Oktoberfest, horror movie month. Oh yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, wait, when does this episode come out? Next week, man. October, yeah, right. I know okay. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> but who's with me? Uh, it's me. It's Michael, one of the hosts of the show. Rolling yeah. start, Michael. We're trying new things. We're up and at them. <laughs> I don't sound like the guy from that movie In a World about the <laughs> the movie voiceover people. I'm 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 rocking a nice ginger and lemon toddy that's a little bit heavy handed on the ginger, but I'm ready to roll. What do you got for me, buddy? What's a beer brag? Hit me up. Well, Jeremy, you should be familiar with this beer. Maybe not in taste, but in name. Okay. Because this was a beer that. Yeah, I was going to say you gifted it to me, but technically uh, your better half she did gifted indeed. it to me. Yes. Um, this is, I guess the full name is here, Drew Curtis, <laughs> Will Wheaton, Greg Koch, Koch, Greg Coke? Greg- Let's go with Koch. I don't want it to be a Coke. Yes. Greg Koch. St- <laughs> I just got that. Yeah, yeah. Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. Yeah. And so this is uh, kind of a special bomber put out by Stone, that brewery out in, where are they, California? San Diego, I believe. San Diego, yep. And so it is a collaboration between the CEO and founder of Stone, Greg Koch, Will Wheaton, who's an actor and YouTube guy, web celebrity. Guy who? Nerd, professional yeah, nerd, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mixed feelings about yeah, him maybe yeah. I, 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 I'm not a fan or I'm not not a fan either um, and then Drew Curtis um, Fark.com creator Fark and, which uh, I, I haven't been on that website in a I long time I was going to say I haven't heard anything about Fark good or bad in like well over a decade yeah but that the news aggregation site last I visited it, I don't know, maybe it's changed. Um, to whatever it, it's like, hey man, we're not Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Regardless what you think of the people collaborating to make this beer, it was a good beer. I really liked it a lot. It was poured really dark. That motor oil, smooth pour. Um, 13 ABV, 65 IBU. Yeah. Here's some of the ingredients. Pecans, wheat, flaked rye, bourbon soaked barrels. That's not a, you know, they make it in that. They don't put it in there. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it's part of the process, not an ingredient. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so this was, as I was saying last week, this is, um, surprised me because like I said, I, when something's bourbon aged or bourbon barreled or whiskey barreled, whatever you're doing, historically I've not liked that that much. Mm-hmm. There's been a few exceptions to that, but I've, whenever I've seen that, I've always shied away from it. So the Brew Hoo Hoo beer last week and this beer that I'm bringing this week, they're turning my, uh, they're turning me around because this was good. It wasn't overbearing. Mm. It didn't taste like I was drinking a whiskey and water or something like that. It was just a nice accent there that gave it a nice... Whiskey and malt, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I tell you, the breakthrough ingredient that I I don't think I've had in a beer before was the pecans or pecans. 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 (laughs) Um, Like the... 
nuttiness just hit at the end and it blended in with the bitterness so it was like this nutty bitterness and it was clearly distinctly pecans too it wasn't like i think that's a nut that i'm tasting or you know some paste um it was it was a genuine flavor that like put this over the top for me so Thanks to you and your lovely better half, Jeremy, for hooking me up with this. This was a delicious treat. Oh, yeah. For sure. Wow. And again, putting me on the path for next week's episode. On a collision course for the the season finale. Right. Will Michael die and come back to life? I don't know. (laughs) Who shot me? (laughs) Who shot Michael? Yeah. And you take me to a hospital where I'm pronounced dead and then take me to a better hospital where I'm pronounced <laughs> alive. <laughs> and then you come in through the doorway of your own morgue and say, that's not Michael at all. Right. And you pull off a false face and it's one of your enemies or I don't, I don't know. We'll workshop this one later. Still writing the script. Yep. Jeremy, what's your beer brag? So, Michael, uh, I recently went to OG Big Grove. The one in Seoul. Oh, okay. For dinner with uh, Alaskan Council and his lovely better half, as well as my lovely okay. better half. Uh, he was down he, the Those two were down here for a bit of a family vacation, and they'd been kind of touring the. I believe the uh, the phrase that was used was uh, the theme of this vacation is good beer and jerkwater towns. So they went. <laughs> so they went to uh, like uh, the peanut cellar in Pella. Which is a fame has a famous beer room in there, great taps and everything of that nature. But we went to the Solon Big Grove and had dinner okay. up there, which is as a always a little cozier. A little cozier. Uh, have you been to that one yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, it's the food. Is, the food is it's very different than the one you in, encountered. Okay. Uh, it's more of a actual restaurant that happens to have like a brewery as opposed to food that will go well with this venue. If that makes any right. sense. Right. Um, but I had the second in the uh, volume two of Hopocalypse. The actual theme is the Hop Warrior or the Road Warrior. I don't really know. I, I, <laughs> I forget because I don't do any research. But the one that I had this week was Fury Road, and it is an English double IPA. English? Okay. So I w- am not terribly sure what it is, but uh, the details are as follows It's not juicy. An English DIPA, time to appreciate your style, history, and hop profile. Jester and Bodacia, which I've never heard of. There might be a malt profile to contemplate there, too. To be honest with you, this was last week when I had this, and I don't quite remember it, but uh, it I remember it being more, more bitter than uh, uh, fruity. It's much more on the dank side of things. Uh, what I do remember is that it was delicious, so I'm going to go with that. So, anything that made it English to you, or what was the, was uh? The... So I I think it's the the idea behind an English IPA is to make it more in the style the old timey style, mm-hmm. where it was made to be preserved rather than to accentuate the uh. Okay. The, the hops. I'm guessing on this one. I don't know. Oktoberfest is this weekend in Iowa City, so. If I can like run down the uh, the brewer of Big Grove like I have in the past, and just hassle him at his tent, <laughs> I will uh, I will find out what the difference is and report back. But it's really good. The next one on the list uh, came out Friday, I want to say, 
And it's a black DIPA called War Rig. Hey, I'm reading here. I think you might be right about the English IPA. I think oh, it's really? more of a like what the original IPA was meant to be. So that's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for the uh the black one. I like black IPAs and there's feels like there's not nearly enough of those. So Jeremy, I hear you have a book review for us. I have two book reviews, Michael. Uh, okay. I am and I have a book review too, but Dios it's a little different than what you might oh. expect. Well, I finished uh, 21 and 22 in the uh, of my 30 books for this year, so I'm I think I'm still on pace. I haven't quite looked at the Ooh. calendar, um, but I finished Lords of Chaos: The Bloody Rise of the Satanic Metal Underground this past couple weeks ago. Okay. So, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, the book is by Michael Moynihan and Diedrich Sunderland. I, I do, it's got one of those weird uh, O's with a slash through it, and I don't really know how to, uh, you know, pronounce it. But basically, the it's a nonfiction account of the rise of the early Norwegian black metal scene. This is some sort of weird, you know, offshoot of heavy metal that's basically unlistenable. And I mean, for the uh, the the mainstreams, I don't really think there's any mainstream black metal band. And then the Norse, they take theirs very. They they do. Um, the reason why I wanted to read this one is because of my true crime kick. Long story short, these guys get involved in this music scene, and they're uh, anywhere from 14 to their early 20s. They they saw these these early bands, Bathory and Venom. And these guys used the pentagrams, the goat heads, you know, the, all the devil stuff, to basically to sell records and get women. Okay. And they didn't it take it seriously. It was an image, and they they were upfront about it. They're like, no, it's just cool. We like it, you know. Settle down. It's not real. But yeah. these these Norwegian guys took it seriously. They took it too far because before long, uh, churches are being burned down, and uh, there's a few murders in there too. Oh, boy. And so the reason why I said it was unfortunate and unfortunate that I was reading the book is, like, right as I was about uh, 60-70% through the book, uh, last podcast on the left decided that they were going to cover the Norwegian black metal murders. Oh. So there was a three-part series that was largely based on the book. Um, Thankfully, I finished it off before I started it. So if you want a more in-depth take, and far more hilarious than I can do, on you know these these black metal murders and why this music zine spawned such insanity, then uh, give those three a listen. They're the most three most recent ones. They're pretty good. Oh, the last podcast on the left. Of last podcast on the left. Why do you think the Norse Scandinavian? I don't know what words you want to use. Why do you think they gravitate towards the black metal and the death metal so? So they uh, they talk about this quite a bit in the book. The early reasons why they talk about is Norway has an extremely high standard of living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, long story short, they're just a bunch of whiny punks that needed to, that they needed to feel different because okay. they, they sucked and weren't good at much outside of playing, making some pretty gnarly music. I mean, I'll, I'll hand it off to them. I like a bunch of those albums, but, uh, I mean, they didn't, they, they lived off the government you know, they didn't work. One of them owned and poorly operated a record store that went under because his mom stopped funding it. It's, you know, you could argue it's why those that have a lot, made they get bored easily. 
They may turn to like drugs or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a stereotype, you know, like a skull and bones sort of thing. Aha. Uh-huh. Where it's just like, oh, we've got it too good. You know, I want to be, I want to live in a dungeon, you know, except these guys took it way too far and they kept trying to one up one another and they, they just got the wrong dude in there. It's a fantastic book. Gets a little dry when they start talking about, you know, the uh, the roots of, you know, like uh, medieval Satanism and paganism and the Odinic religions and things like that. It's a little dry, but mm. it's a good read. I enjoyed it. And the second one. Yeah. What is the second book about, Jeremy? I, I don't know if I'd uh, even threaten this because I kind of hammered through it pretty quickly, but uh, it was Gerald's Game by Stephen King. Is this a recent Stephen? No, it's not. For whatever reason, when I was younger and going through my like huge Stephen King tear, I didn't. There was like a certain section from like about eighty-eight to about ninety-five that I just didn't touch because at the time it didn't have the credibility of the old well, credibility. It's a bad word. It didn't have the uh, cultural power that say like a Carrie or a Salem's Lot had. Some cachet. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So there was just a stretch of them that I never read for whatever reason. And earlier this year, I read Needful Things. I'm like, oh, wow, I was I was wrong to have done that. So I've kind of been going back. But if we're being honest, I start I read it because the the adaptation comes out on Friday. Oh, Netflix made a movie out of it and it is getting really good reviews. Um, Hmm. Man and woman go to their lakeside cabin and i'll try to keep this pg but uh they're having a little bit of a adult fun involving handcuffs and without spoiling too much the the husband dies while the wife is handcuffed to the bed and she can't get out and as the time goes on the madness sets in the madness sets in and uh so it's it's a little bit of a psychological horror it's a little bit of eh, maybe there's some supernatural stuff going on in there, mm-hmm. and uh, the movie comes out this Friday, which will be last Friday when you hear this. It's I, I feel like it might be one of his more underrated books. Uh, did a pretty good job of exploring feminism without his usual boneheaded uh, approach to you know gender politics and what have you. I see. I rather enjoyed it, um, so I'm going to keep digging into those. But right now we're on a Number twenty-three. I just started it. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're pretty much on track. I'm I think roughly. You I've should got be on twenty-four eight? by the end of the week, basically, right? We'll see. We've got thirteen weeks and one day before the end of the year, as of this recording. So I've got to okay. read eight books in thirteen weeks. I can do that. Can he do it? Stay tuned, folks, for the exciting conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Michael, what's this What's this uh, non-traditional book review you have for oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, you know, you're talking about all this serious stuff. <laughs> and this book posed a question that really had me thinking for a long time. Uh, and it comes from a pretty prolific franchise. I think you'll have to agree. Sesame Street, Animal <laughs> Alphabet, from <laughs> Ape to Zebra. <laughs> Now, the book goes, as you'd assume, you know, each, you know, and actually some of the letters they put two animals, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have ants and ape. 
Mm-hmm. Now, here's where things get a little meta. When they come to you, they just they say, oh, you is for unicorn. It's a mirror. <laughs> no, they actually they say, you is for unicorn. And then there's like uh-huh. three of the main sesame trees, like Elmo and Bird are there, and they're kind of just looking like right out at the page, and they're like, all right, well, you know, we know unicorns aren't real, but we couldn't think of anything, any animals that mm-hmm. start with you. And I'm like, now, there has to be some animal that starts with you. And so I was thinking, thinking, now, can you think of an animal that starts with you? Hmm. All I can think is the word umlaut. <laughs> it's all this, uh, all this Norwegian, Norwegian nonsense. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I I kind of thought of something without using the internet, and it, but it's kind of a cop out because it's not really an animal. I thought of ungulate. Okay. Uh, which is an animal with a it's like a deer with like a a hoof. And where does this come from? Ungulate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like a clade, so it's not an animal. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to yeah. be some sort of weird, like, Discworld animal or something like that. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. An ape yeah. is not an animal, right? It's true. It's like a order. Like uh, the New World Apes and the Old World Apes. Monkeys without tails. Yeah, I think they could have put ungulate in there. Just saying. So, I think somewhere I might have a phone that has Elmo's face on it so i think if i <laughs> use that phone i can get in touch with elmo and uh-huh. tell him to uh the next edition to elmo pipe down <laughs> um but then i looked it up and then um there are some are there any animals that starts with you that aren't like weird sea snails or something like that <laughs> urchin uh, urchin oh that's a good one holy oh, crap man. Wow! Did you, I just, kinda, did you think I of just, that, or did you look it up? No, I swear I'm not looking at it. I, uh, I was the sea snails, and I'm like, you, like, oh, duh. Uh, yeah, uh, I rule. That's a slam dunk. Take that, Elmo. Cram Take it. That. <laughs> I thought technically it's a sea urchin. Michael, <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Oh yeah, a lot of birds in the book too, which I thought. Mm. This is a little bird heavy. I, I know Bert needs his pigeon in there. Mm-hmm. But you got vulture, other birds that I can't think of right now. So, Eel. But nonetheless, you know, despite despite that, still a good read. Falcon. Uh, Jer- Jeremy, if you need a falcon, if you need a, a buff up your, uh, you know, maybe you can go for 31. You can uh-huh. check this book out. So, yeah. Sesame Street, animal alphabet from ape to zebra. I guess technically I... Um did read some books to nephew of the show Spud last when oh, I was yeah. out in Chicago, and I th- I th- read something similar to that about the alphabet. <laughs> um, when you get around to reading children the books and they can like talk back, try to get them when you get to O, do the dice clay O. It's <laughs> it's pretty hilarious to hear them repeat that. Keep that in mind. Yeah, it's it's pre- it's it's pretty solid. Jeremy, I have a quiz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's try it because we're both going to guess the answer. Oh. Because I don't know the answer yet. I'm going to look it up live as we go. Live to tape, man. Yes. So, the quiz is, what state produces the most of beer ingredient X? 
what state makes most of beer ingredient X? Yeah. Okay. And where X is any beer ingredients that we want to look up. Okay. So, and I'll just Google it. We'll both guess. I'll Google it, and then we'll see who's right, and then go from there. Okay. Or who if we're both wrong or whatever. So, let's start with, I think, an easy one. Let's start with hops. What in the state? Probably, I'm going to say Washington. I was going to say Oregon. Eh, I was thinking about that one. Yakima Valley. <laughs> it is. Oh, in terms of acreage, and from 2015, from the usahops.org website. Mm-hmm. Washington. Yeah, buddy. 71%. 71% of the state of Washington is con- covered by no. hops? <laughs> as far as the total acreage of oh. hops in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, good. I like those Pac Northwest hops, man. They're good. Then Oregon's the next at 15. I should get four points to your one. <laughs> uh, what about wheat? Give me wheat? that wheat, Jeremy. Kansas. Oh, uh, to, to keep it different, I will go with North Dakota. You're wrong. I think I am too. Okay. Kansas was ranked Woo! first with about 460 million. With North Dakota not far behind in acres, uh, bushels. 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 Okay. I think that's a lot of acres. Yeah, there'd be a lot of acres. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, how about you throw out an ingredient, Jeremy? What's uh, ingredient? barley. Oh God. Okay. Uh, uh, who's gonna make barley? It might also be Kansas, man. It, it could be Kansas. Maybe uh, Oklahoma. Sure. Why you not? Can go. Okay, I'll, I'll go, go Oklahoma. Let you get one. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go Kansas. Then. Yeah. AGMRC.org. Uh-huh. Idaho, Montana, and North Dakota. Interesting. We were way 62 off. 62 million bushels, yeah. It's a lot of barley. Oh. Yeah, but who yeah, roasts Idaho's... the barley? Because I only like C60 or darker. That's not true. I take that back. <laughs> Let's see, what else? Yeast? Um, Yeast? Um, eh. No, that doesn't nah, work. Nah, it doesn't work like that. It has to be like an egg product. Um, what's Water. another grain? Water. Um, how about rye? Sure. Rye? Uh, I barely know what rye is. I know it's a grass. It's a grain. Um, I will go... What the hell? South Dakota? I haven't seen them in this, though, yet. Maybe that's a too... Kansas. Can- you're going Kansas? I will go... Right, right, right. I'll go Montana. Mm-hmm. Here we go. 2015. It looks like it is Oklahoma and Georgia taking the top spots there. Georgia. I thought they only grew peaches. And That's like, what I thought, too. bulldogs. <laughs> Should we go with corn, Jeremy? Well, I mean... The thing is, corn gets conflagrated because it's feed corn and human corn and all Sweet corn. Things. It's Iowa. It's got to be Iowa. I think it's Illinois. What? Let's find out. Ooh. Illinois. Wait. Oh, oh, oh. I think you're right. I, th- I know I'm right. <laughs> 
Yes, it is Iowa. Of course it's Iowa. And it looks like uh, you got uh, Nebraska and Illinois in there. Two. Oh, poor little and babies. <laughs> not, not making their corn. Oh, <laughs> Rice? They, we don't grow rice. rice in America, do we? That's probably California. Or Georgia. Well, that might be Georgia. It could I don't be. Know. Let's find out. It might be Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Arkansas. It they, is Arkansas. They don't strike me as the type of folk who would eat a lot of rice. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Okay. I've been to Arkansas. You've been to Arkansas? Yeah, it kind of sucked. <laughs> what were you there for? I was passing through on my way to Mississippi, which also was awesome out in the country, but the second you got into a city, it sucked. But that's enough of Jeremy slandering the South. Let's go for an adjunct. <laughs> what is a good adjunct? Could we do um uh um um um, um sweet uh the orange peel that they use sweet orange peel uh sweet oranges that they use in like Blue Moon okay like Valencia Valencia oranges <laughs> let's see if we can get that that's granular a, that's a juice orange has to be uh California or Florida right I'm gonna go Florida right yeah I mean if there's other adjuncts we yes. want to talk is it Florida. After uh, California second in the U.S. after Florida, which is produces the most Valencia oranges. Sweet. So that was the beer production quiz uh-huh. in the United States. Maybe we'll think of more adjuncts and weird things to do at a f- different date, and maybe we'll be more prepared. We'll see. It's fun being not prepared, Michael. It gives us the uh, the edge of unpredictability. I like that. Speaking of which, how about you tell them our unpredictable uh, FDR and what the FDR is? Yeah, so the FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate that beer, FDR. You know, we haven't said find a drink, drink a drink, and rate a drink in a long time. <laughs> I guess we're, we've said it enough times to uh-huh. uh, train ourselves correctly. Huh? Maybe. I don't know why that came into my mind, but what are we... Uh, FDDDRD doing this week. <laughs> um, so this is a rare brew because it's from a small brewery and it's from far away from here. It's all the way from Jupiter, Florida. Site of a uh, American Horror Story freak show, if I'm not you mistaken. Know? Yes, it was because I just read the Wikipedia on this state today. <laughs> <laughs> that was not uh, a good season. Burt Reynolds lives there as well oh that okay that's pretty awesome burt reynolds <laughs> um, this is monk in the trunk organic amber ale from hmm. inlet brewing company in jupiter florida yeah interesting do you have any uh information about inlet brewing not that much um it looks like they only produce two beers i'm seeing this but then the plot thickens on the bottle Oh, really? Brewed by Thomas Creek Brewery, Greenville, South Carolina, exclusively for Inlet Brewing Company. So, I don't know if they're like a little kind of storefront that um, gets beers brewed for them or how it works. Maybe it's a money laundering operation we don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh-huh. Um, so, there is some... Oh, there's flavor text on the website and on here. There's, I was just l- noticing that it's different. Michael, I'm going to go yeah. for the bottle. And then you All will right. do the uh, the website should we need to. 
This okay. unique copper-colored ale derives its misspelled its fruity, slightly <laughs> spicy aroma from the authentic Belgian Abbey yeast. Side note: This is giving more and more credence to my thought that this is money laundering front because <laughs> derives it is fruity. Are you saying this? Yeah. Anyway. The subtle, nutty, and malty sweet flavors sing in harmony with the freshest organic hops available. Monk and the Trunk devotees are known to chant about its most intriguing quality, true drinkability. The inspiration to create this fine organic beer was provided by the tale of a legendary Belgian monk who spanned the globe in search of only the best ingredients from this fertile earth. Drawn to our shores by the great beacon which is the Jupiter Lighthouse, I think that's in the show as well, he discovered the missing component <laughs> to fulfill his quest to brew the perfect beer. In the spirit of the monk, the Inlet Brewing crew suggests you keep it real, drink organic, and responsibly. the The label the label's pretty cool. It's got a yeah, right. a, kind of a drunk fat sack of crap uh, monk on the front. <laughs> I guess you could comment. He looks the like eyes a... are make the eyes make me think he's had a, a a goblet or two before he came out of his trunk. Yeah, he's popping out of a trunk and holding a chalice aloft. Um, he looks like... Does he look like anybody? He looks like a fat mix of Don Rickles and the tall man from the movie Phantasm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don Rickles, that's good. <laughs> you have the lighthouse there in the background. Oh, yeah, you um, do. Amber waves of grain below him. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in the um, Belgian yeast factor here. That is the wild ale. card. I'm, yes. I'm curious about that. So let's uh, open it up. Okay. Michael, what kind of glass are you using? I'm just using a shaker. I'm using a nonic glass. Nonic? Nonic? I don't know. The world may never know, Michael. Um, so this beer is also um, provided to us by Dad of the Show. Thank you, Dad of the Show. And he got it because he liked the name. <laughs> it's a good name. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts on organic beer? I was just going to say that the podcast does not um, endorse the notion that organic ingredients are superior. Uh, thank you. I was going to say the same thing, and I was going to yell at you if you suggested otherwise. <laughs> There's a, a lack of evidence for that. So the first thing that comes to mind on this is it's very effervescent, or at least mine is. Mine, I have no uh, head on mine. Really? I've got about yeah. a pinky's worth on mine, really? and it's really, really it. fizzy. Yeah, you got that going, uh, but no buildup. What do you think of the smell? It's a little... It's malty. <laughs> yeah, and kind of a... It has like that homebrew kind of smell to a it. A little bit, and uh, full disclosure, Tasty. Michael, I am still pretty uh, congested from last oh, week's yeah. cold. It, uh, it really sank in. The it's I think it's the yeast. Yeah, I think it's the yeast too. I agree. It's a, a nice bready, but it's not in like a traditional Belgian like a double quad triple whatever. It doesn't kind of smell raisiny or floral. It just smells kind of uh, bready, like a Belgian golden ale yeast almost, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. a smell I I quite enjoy. I'm getting some nice lacing on here, Michael. This is beautiful. You with your foamless beer. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't get a. A dud. dud or something. Yeah. Mine's still fizzing. Mine, yeah. I, I guess I'll go and drink the beer. I was going to say, I think you just probably just poured it incorrectly because, well, you also are recovering from a cold. Yeah. Ooh. That's... 
doesn't taste like a typical amber. What's that flavor I'm getting? I can't quite place it. It almost reminds me of a Newcastle. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of a... Not the mm-hmm. not the nutty aspect of it, just the, the weird Englishness of the Newcastle, which I suppose is not really the best way to describe anything. Yeah, the... Hmm, let me try this again. It almost reminds me of uh, just English beer in, in general. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to when... Uh, so when I was in uh, Wales, actually, the there's signs everywhere for their... Cardiff's, you know, biggest biggest brewery called Brains Brewery, mm-hmm. where it's just like it, the 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 tagline is something like "Use your brains, have a brains" or something like that. Check out the brains on Brad. It's it's something like that. It really is, um, <laughs> and it's Brett Michael. Check out the big brain oh, on Brett. Brett. This is reminding me a lot of their flagship flagship. Wow, cold medicine kicking in. Reminds me a lot of their flagship amber-ish ale. I don't know if it was more of an English mild or what the deal was, but uh, it, it's it's got that weird English funk to it, and I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way. Now, this has like a bready taste to it. Mm-hmm. Brewer's yeast wasn't used, but bread yeast was or something, to, you know. Maybe. Not that it was, but... Or actual brewer's yeast. You know, the stuff that they say you're like, supposed to eat to like... Make yourself strong. It's effervescent. It is effervescent. I like that. Clears the nostrils. Um, yeah. Yeah, this cold, it is factoring in. Um, it, it's got a nice, thick, malty flavor to it. But like we've been saying, for, you know, years on end, amber is one of those nebulous categories, sort of like a brown or... Yeah, it's just like more of a color. It's, it's a color a, as opposed to a, any descriptor. a style. Wherein like a... A quad theoretically has some sort of, like all quads have some sort of common denominator outside of the color, whereas these ambers right. just have the color. The Alaskan amber we had, didn't we? Uh, I don't know if it was I you think and we, I or... I mean, I definitely had that with... Uh, You've had it. The yeah. notorious trip to Seattle with Cousin Ig, <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, we, we, had a, we had an amber ale or two out there. Yeah, that's very sweet. Are you getting ale. any of these uh, hops that they are, you know, ballyhooing? I I did not get a very. I don't know again if it's the cold, but I'm not picking up that much bitterness. Me neither. This um, is a very sweet beer, as we've established. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeast factor kind of offsets that sweetness, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit too thick for me. To make this a, a reacher. Right. Well, did you say the... I wouldn't say the body is thick, though. It's just the malt. Is that what you're saying? Or... Well, no. It's know. it's not thick like you're drinking a Dark Lord or anything. It's just... Yeah. The, there's an inherent sweetness that kind of just plows through and just sort of sits on your mouth and doesn't go anywhere. I see. I see. It just barges in and says, hey, man... I'm a malt-derived sweetness. Get out of my way. Combined with the um, the effervescence, it almost is like a soda at some point, but then the yeast flavor, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far. Offsets a little bit. I don't know. Weird things are going on with my tongue right now. Yeah, me too. I have, like, geographic tongue, which is a thing. 
So your tongue looks like a map. So you're like tasting, you're tasting Florida? <laughs> yeah, I'm tasting all the states of the Union. And Well, no, this came from well, Oh, well, Greenville, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah, you're right. Well, Michael, the South will rise again. Um, On Twitter. What are we getting out of this one? This is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we getting out of this one? This is an odd duck. It is a little odd. Um, to me, I think they just had like this amber, you know, this basic amber malt recipe, and they just threw in this weird yeast and just kind of see where things panned out. Not weird yeast, but a Belgian yeast. The organic organicity, or I don't know, the organicness of it all doesn't really. Uh, I mean, like we said, it's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. It's a it's a label. There's a list of uh, pesticides that you can use for the crops, and as mm-hmm. if you use them, you got to put the organic label on your product. Typically done for marketing purposes, as opposed to the True Freak label, which is our <laughs> standard label of the show that we prefer. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, the preferred label. I'm I'm kind of torn on this one because it is a little bit too sweet, but I do mm-hmm. like that yeast character. It's un mm-hmm. it's unusual and kind of delicious. The yeast, anyways. It's it's cutting through the jive that would be related with the uh, the cold for me, anyways. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's a little unbalanced to an extent. It is. Uh, it's it's too sweet. And then the yeah, the yeast really punches through because mm-hmm. there's. It's a particular there. A, uh, I do like the yeast flavor though. Yeah, it's it's a, the, the fl- I kind of wish that they would have done this with a golden ale. I feel like the uh, the ambers or you know whatever they're using to make it darker. From my experiences, those darker roasted malt, darker roast. I don't know what the proper mm-hmm. terminology is. They had they you can get more sugar out of them. I think I don't know. Are just yeah. If this would have been uh-huh. maybe a little higher ABV, a little more breakdown of that sweetness. Yeah, it it feels like they didn't. Uh, they, need to do that. they didn't yeah. take the gravity terribly low on this one. It's not a dry beer to s- at all. Yeah, I think that's enough. Uh, hooey and applesauce, as great man once said. How about you? Uh, how about you going for a sip of judgment? And let me know what you think. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. This was a good one to try, but I don't think it's one I'd go for again they do have the other beer is a little more intriguing monk ipa mm-hmm. well maybe it's just the same thing maybe it's just an ipa with the belgian uh-huh. yeast rather than an amber with the belgian yeast so maybe it's um not that different um oh, i'm kind of going back between two ratings here and i don't know if it's my weird um tongue situation uh-huh. do you like the art on the bottle but the beer itself is really what I should be ranking. Rest in peace, Angus Grimm. I'm just going to... You know, it's... It, I'm just going to rate with my heart right now with my whole physicality and everything that's going on. I'm just going to give it a three. Um, It's just not quite doing it for me right now. The yeast flavor is not quite there. I don't know. As I drink it more. I don't know what's going on, man. What, what do you, what, What's your take on it? I'm kind of feel like I'm being stifled. So for me the uh the yeast character is more of an aroma okay. than anything. 
I'm not getting much of a flavor out of the yeast. I don't know. I think I, I, I don't know. Um, for me, it gets a 2.5. It's, it's pretty run of the mill. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like, uh, I don't know, maybe they have some sort of money that they don't want the feds to find. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, oh yeah, get a, get a Ron's kid knows how to make beer. Well, get, get, get buy a couple of fermenters and get a, a bottler, and we'll go from there. Um, I I shouldn't be so mean to these people. I I mean, do are there anything with the monks going on? Like what what's what's? What, what? I don't think it has anything to do with real monks. Oh, yeah, they're just uh, yeah, yeah. I I can't. Fi- Tours are not available, Michael. I'm on to something. <laughs> All right, location P.O. box. All right. Really? Yes. I'm not kidding. For such a um, whimsical name and uh, art, it's, I don't know, this little shady shadiness going on here. All right. They get a non-beer-related extra half point for the possibility of being a mob front. I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't change my rating, but I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. That's pretty awesome, that, you know, mob front. But with that in mind, it's... Like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was unbalanced. Um, it's you know it's just a little bit too cloyingly sweet for me to really get in there. I do enjoy the yeast factor of it, but uh, um, it's just it's just not doing it for me. So two point five. If there was a hop presence, maybe that would uh, maybe that would change things. Or if it like you said, if they would have uh, let the gravity drop and let the the yeast do its job a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, you raised good points this time, Michael. <laughs> Finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> we are right. It's too sweet and it's a drug front. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll do it for this episode. Then. Mm-hmm. We'll bring it to a wrap there. Yeah, we they can't all be singers, Michael, but that's okay. So, if you've had this beer or have a mafia front... Or have been to Jupiter, Florida. Yeah, have you met all the celebrities that live there? Like Burt Reynolds? (laughs) Um, (laughs) If so, get in touch. You can do that in a variety of ways. At APMPod on Twitter. uh, Facebook.com slash APMPod. And by email. APMPod at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, anywhere where you get your podcasts. And if you can, leave a rating of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. Um, there's also a YouTube page with clips from the show. Our little archive mm-hmm. beyond the archive that is the podcast. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that'll do it then. Yeah. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. And this is American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, hello, Michael. It's me, the Candyman. I might be a little racist. The Candyman was black. Was he? You never saw the Candyman? The whole thing was predicated <laughs> on it being said at Cabrini Green, Michael. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, man. They had, like, and actually shot on location. They had to hire gang members to prevent the crew from being murdered or taken a hostage. I will have to read the uh, Wikipedia on that movie. It's a good movie, man.
Because I, I know I've seen the uh, cover. Uh huh. Oh, with he is B, on the cover. The, well, I swear there's, there's a cover where it's just multiple, a B, isn't it? There's a yeah. B on an I. Uh, yes, that's what I remember. I see it now here. Okay. That might be one of the sequels, but I'm not sure. Oh, I think I think Farewell to the Flesh was part two. I don't know. But hi, welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. <laughs>